This is Chuck, and welcome to another episode at Words in Motion, a podcast devoted to fans of the short story. So here's another episode, another new story, a story for your enjoyment. The inspiration for this story was a response to a question. Do you hate Jews? Is anti-Semitism wrong? The man said, frankly, I never give them a thought. Here's a story about a letter, a story from Chuck Waldron. Letter from a Muslim. Dear Rabbi, death for all is inevitable, but not the timing of it. For me, however, I know my day and even the exact moment. I'm one of the few that can make that claim with certainty. My death is scheduled for tomorrow afternoon at 3 p.m. to be precise. I wish I'd known it would end this way. No matter, all our actions have consequences. And how many times have you heard someone say, sorry, in hindsight? Maybe you've even thought something like that yourself. I hear protesters screaming and shouting, loud hailers and voices from the parking lot. Save him, don't let him die. Show compassion and mercy. He deserves to die. He's a poster boy for why we need a death penalty. Myself, I prefer that part about saving me. That said, however, the two sides epitomize the confusion in our society. Which side is right? Do I deserve to die? Well, I've made as much peace with myself as humanly possible. I know what horrible crime against God I committed, but guilt is a powerful narcotic. So I admit to you, Rabbi, yes, I deserve to die. I'm no better than men sitting in those dockets during trials at Nuremberg. The only thing that separates us 74 years to be exact. Will you be taking a side and chanting after you finish reading this letter? Looking back, I don't have words to describe the emotional roller coaster of my life. There's an image, a sort of video that plays in my brain. It's an old video, grainy and slightly out of focus. I'm sitting in a Sunday school class and we're singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. I weep at what was lost as that video faded. I lost innocence and love. When my family staked out their religious claim, they could have been Baptist, Methodist, or Presbyterian, but like staking out a gold claim in the Klondike, never to bother looking for gold, my family staked out their religious claim and never bothered to follow through. Maybe Easter and Christmas, but not much more. I don't want this to sound like an apology because there's no apology possible for what I'm about to offer, only an explanation of sorts. With seeds of beliefs like mine, planted in a soil lacking a commitment to morality, they're soon exposed to the vagaries of wind. What happens, however, when malevolence is a gardener who rescues such roots, transplanting them in a fertile soil, 
nourished by evil. In my case, I was nearing the end of my second year at university. Beginning innocently enough with a web search, it led me to a video, and I soon landed on a supremacist website. Hate was on full display. From there, it was website after website, each well written with a subtleness designed to rationalize evil, and I was a fish taking their bait. I've been told I have a higher than normal IQ, so how was I so easily hoodwinked? Part of it, I know, was fostered by a deep-seated need to be part of something larger, to belong and make a difference. For me, it wasn't church or family. I didn't change, I didn't share in a school spirit. There is no need to describe the process of my radicalization. It's well known, a feeling of bonding with others that thought the same. It was almost sexual. Pulsing drum beats and shadows cast by torches filled me with a sense of belonging, a sense of purpose. At the end of it all, I was fully, as they say in Texas Hold'em, all in, indoctrinated, programmed to hate without thinking. There was a ceremony. After pledging my allegiance to my comrades, I was presented with a uniform and an envelope opened later, my envelope contained orders. It was my final step in full membership, completing my conversion from a boy with only a Sunday school theology to a stormtrooper full of superiority over anyone different. I'm sorry, I know it's a little comfort, but what I'm about to write is a reason I know my time of death with certainty. Those orders Bluntly put, go to 314 Shoreside Lane and kill a family of Jews. I was to slip into their house at night, pound on a bedroom door, and waking the mother and father, I was to emulate scenes from the Nazi era, as if I was a Gestapo agent. Killing them, I was assured, would send a signal to all Jews that they were enemies and unwelcome. I would like to write, I knew what I was about to do was wrong and that I defied my orders. No, to the contrary. I wanted to pass my initiation. I desperately wanted to belong. It started to go horribly wrong for me when I heard an infant crying in a crib. It didn't stop me. What difference did age make, I told myself. I shudder as I write that now. My first shot killed the father. He was holding up his hands as if they could stop a bullet. The mother jumped to cradle her infant, daughter's pink pajamas starkly outlined against dark blue sleeping dress mommy was wearing. I actually believed it was humane of me to shoot mother and daughter with one bullet, allowing them to die together. I looked around that room, blood spatter, lifeless eyes with their color drained at death. Then something inside me also drained at my revulsion to their obscene deaths. Instead of running, I stood like a statue holding my weapon when police arrived. I made no protest when I was handcuffed, fingerprinted, jailed, tried, and sentenced. That's when I learned the exact moment I would die. 
Maybe it will change, but I have not asked for that to be so. You might think, Rabbi, I would obviously associate with skinheads while I was in prison. They indeed tried to recruit me. They had a tattoo. 109 slash 110. 109 is their numeric code, the number of countries anti-Semites claim to have banished and cast out Jews. They claim the United States will be 110. When I turned my back to them that I wasn't going to join their evil tribe, I was told they would throw me into the yard and let other gangs have their way with me. In the yard one day, a slim man appeared by my side. His voice was soft. He spoke of love. He spoke of peace. His presence reminded me of that long ago Sunday school class. This man, however, was reading a book, the Quran, praying softly and telling me I was a person of God. How could he say such a thing, knowing what I'd done? It might make a tidy ending to my letter to write about my conversion to Islam and finding peace with God. By accepting words of the Quran, I did find peace of sorts, but a large question loomed. Does God really want me? Will I be welcomed or am I doomed? Allowed to use a computer, I searched for names of rabbis and picked yours. Why? I asked myself before I started writing this letter. Looking at your photo, I felt you were someone who would hear my story. I read about you. Why did I choose you? I felt a connection. My letter may be to ask you for some form of absolution. Can you use this letter in some way? I don't know. I wasn't born Jewish. My Sunday school story probably gave that away. And I've ended up Muslim. What caused that dreadful detour to that killing field at 314 Shoreside Lane? Why was I receptive to hating Jews thinking they were my enemy? I now wonder why I was willing to kill and die for an, an ideology that was embedded in a radicalized young man. Did I think a thankful God would repay me in eternity? My known is now crashing into an unknown, and sadly, my spirit is crumbling inside these walls, holding my earthly body captive for a few more hours. I was so sure, now I'm not. I was right, maybe not. I'll know soon enough, though. A voice from somewhere is telling me I should have known all along that any killing, after all it's a universally understood truth, that any killing is wrong, pure and simple. The truth I now know, the Quran has told me, taking a life is evil. I found that which I was seeking. I looked in the mirror, evil was me. I wish we had met you and I. Would it, made it, would it have made a difference? If you knew what I'd done, would you even be willing to talk to me? I'd like to think so. I think my Sunday School Bible, your Torah, and now my Quran are holy books with far more in common than difference. Signed. Thanks for listening to Words in Motion. 
your podcast for short stories. If you're a writer and would like to have your story considered by Words in Motion, send them to podcastwim at gmail.com. Double space and page numbers, please. All genres will be considered except for those hateful and erotica. Keep in touch.